Jurassic Park for a minute, we'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel, One Minute Time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're here to discuss Minute 76 of Jurassic Park 3. David, nearly Halloween. You're uh, starting to get into the swing of things over there. Yeah, we are. I, uh, this past Saturday, I recently did a... Um, the Chicago, downtown Chicago had a Halloween parade going on. So I dressed up in some clown face paint and went, went on down. Is it uh, a bad time to come forward with my absolute fear and hatred of clowns? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like uh, most, it's Pennywise that done it, <laughs> and that's that's the I Tim would, Curry one gonna, too. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would admit Tim Curry's Pennywise did not do anything for me in favor of clowns. <laughs> but that's what makes them good to dress up. Then I mean. You know, if if you're afraid, then you know somebody else is going to be afraid. Yeah, yep, yep. And it's a good thing, like, having a parade like that. It's it's one of those things, Halloween night, you might mm-hmm. have a couple of different costumes you'd like to uh, wear in the in the closet or in the wardrobe, and you've only got one chance where here you can sort of do a couple of different events and try some different things on, because I'm guessing you'd be uh, donning on the Michael Myers, get up for a walk around on Halloween night. Um, I'm actually working Halloween night, so oh. I unfortunately won't be able to hand out candy this year. Well, there you go. You've had the chance to have a gay walk and <laughs> go in the in the parade. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I was probably planning on um, either one of my pumpkin masks or possibly um, Rob Zombie, Michael Myers, which I shared the pictures of with uh, <laughs> when I did shared with the picture I did with John Hammond. Yep. That was me in the Michael Myers mask. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I took them on an impulse. I thought they'd be worth a fortune enough to fund the dig site another ten more years. Look, you have to believe me. This was a stupid decision, but I did it with the best intentions. A little bit behind the scenes thing. Last week, I had power. I lost power, so I had uh, no internet. Um, just had enough to uh, to get the, the last edition of uh, Jurassic Mysteries out. So we done that last week. And we were going to record these two minutes as well, but didn't get a chance to because of that issue. And I've just got a little thing here. Where we're going to bring up the fact that um, Tim at Construction, on the last regular minute, um, when we're talking about the engine salvage barge and that, I'd um, sort of mention that um, we've seen some other uh, possibly sightings of engine construction after the uh, after Jurassic Park 3 with the Jurassic World construction, but... That wasn't the case. It was Timac Construction. We talked a bit about them in the uh, Jurassic Mysteries episode and how they were founded in Costa Rica, possibly from mm-hmm. some um, old elements of engine construction that was still in the area, but or people that worked on Jurassic Park. But all the uh, all the stuff here will be in the run sheet. I'll include them in there if you haven't uh, watched or haven't listened to the latest episode of Jurassic Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Also, in that uh, write up too, we do have a uh, listing over at Jurassic-pedia.com for Timac Construction. So. The link will be in the run sheet as well. There's a bit of a uh, write-up on it there that, that was uh, created by Maserani Global for the uh, construction of Jurassic World. How much they uh, how much they spent building Jurassic World and um, over 8,000 workers worldwide employed by the construction company. So, mm-hmm. Best structural engineers in the world, but then again, so did Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> well, in high... Oh, yeah, okay. Like we've mentioned it before, it's... Yes, the T-Rex did make short work of the fence, but the power wasn't on, so whether that was shortcomings of the uh, engineers or if it was just uh, they weren't expecting an edgy issue <laughs> or someone to turn the power off. Mm-hmm. 
but in the novel too, something simple like a turnbuckle holding a holding a pine a palm tree up cuts some sections of fence as well. So yeah. they had some issues. <laughs> yeah, they were they were not ready to open. No, no. I give you the resonating chamber of a velociraptor. Listen to this. All right, Dave, ready to get into minute 76. Yeah. As we went into minute 75 of Jurassic Park 3, Paul was recounting a story of backing a boat into the water and sinking the trailer and then pulling the tow truck in after him. As we opened on minute 76, he says the tow truck driver wanted to punch his lights out. And after a quick pause, he says he misses fishing. At the 17 second mark, after a long silence, Grant calls out to Mr. Kirby and waves him on, and the family stand to continue marching through the forest. At the 22 second mark, we transition to later on in the day, as the sun is shining through the jungle canopy. Grant and Eric are walking together, and Eric asks Grant, that woman you called, who was she? And how do you know that she can help us? Grant replies, she was the one person I could always count on. I owe her a lot, although I don't think I ever told her that. At the 38 second mark, Grant stops Eric, says shh, you hear that? And after a moment, he hears it too, and cries out, the ocean. And everyone starts to run through the foliage. At the 48 second mark, a male raptor runs in front of them, stopping them dead in their tracks. And they are soon surrounded by another three males. The four huddle together as the raptors close in, cutting off their escape. And as the minute ends, Grant realises that they want the eggs. As we open up on 76, we continue to get the recount of the uh, bad boating trip from Paul, and he continues, the tow truck driver wanted to punch my lights out, and there's a bit of a long pause, and then Paul says, I miss fishing. So, <laughs> as bad as that whole experience was, where he uh, sunk the boat and dragged the tow truck in after him, he uh, he still misses fishing. Mm. Fishing is fun. I mean, if you got the patience for it, though, I mean, I could, I could see that. I, just, I haven't fished in quite a while, so I do miss it. Mm. Yeah, I quite enjoy it over here. And even if you do have some of those bad, bad issues with getting completely sunburnt or eaten by mosquitoes or, <laughs> uh, or anything like that, the next a week later, by the time you get to the next weekend, you want to go and do it again. It's mm-hmm. gluttons for punishment. We are. <laughs> um. But uh, Amanda just smiles, and it's, you sort of get more of these looks here where it looks like she's fallen back in love with him all over again um, and probably missed him with the whole time they'll they'll split up. And she sort of gives that look too where she's kind of hoping that they might be able to disappear into the palm fronds a little bit <laughs> with the two of them and make out. But, um, but as they sit there, you can sort of see Grant quietly come up behind him in the background and um, says... says uh, Mr. Kirby, and gestures for him to keep moving. And that's when we get a bit of a transition to later on in the morning. Uh, sunlight filtering through the jungle canopy, and you can sort of hear, hear all the birds and the uh, bugs chirping and carrying on as well. And I found a little bit of a continuity issue here when I was redoing the minutes. Um, Grant's got a tear in his flannel shirt over his right shoulder that's not there for the river scene. I went back and found that when he jumps or dives under the water, to escape the aviary, it's there when he's pushing off in the boat, and even all the way up to the uh, the 
piles of crap and the kind of the Ceratosaurus coming on the scene. He's got the tear in his shirt there as well, the bloody tear. But uh, the whole time they're on the boat, <laughs> he's on the phone that there's no there's no tear there. So a little bit of a continuity issue with Grant's shirt there. Oh yeah, that I no, I just picked up on. But Eric asks Grant, uh, that lady you called, who is she? Uh, how do you know she can help us? And again, we've, I think we talked a couple of minutes ago about Ellie, Ellie being a girl's or a boy's name or what it's short for. But it might be just a sign of 2001 as well. Uh, Grant replies, she was one person I could always count on. I owe her a lot, but I don't think I ever told her that. Which could sort of go back into what we're talking about in that early conversation when he's telling her about the Raptors and that, whether she was just someone to listen to if, if you did believe he may have had some PSD and wanted to talk to someone. Because I don't really know how else she could help. Because it wouldn't, it wouldn't be talking about the Jurassic Park incident because they weren't... They were separated for the entire time, really. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's... I mean, just in general, I mean... Not just in Jurassic Park, but somebody you could always count on as, like... Even as a digging partner and all that, you know? Hmm. And there probably would have been, after the uh, incident, there would have been probably a few a few trips around to do more of those funding drives, and she would have been there by his side, mm-hmm. wanting funding as well. So Yeah, especially because, I mean, we never know if Hammond cut the check. Well, that yeah, that's the thing. In novel novel continuity with InGen bankrupt, they wouldn't have got paid, but in the, uh, in the movie, since InGen stayed around... Because they would have been paid for their silence as well, you'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Or, or to keep the NDAs, so... As we are saying last week, but all this backstory would love to love to hear and love to see, but probably never will. Eric sort of tells him that you probably should <laughs> be, be a man and actually talk to her and say, I, I appreciate everything you've done. Um, Greg goes to respond, but suddenly hears something and stops, and Eric sort of shushes him. And that's, again, another time in this film where Eric can hear something, but none of us can until it's blatantly obvious. And he uh, says excitedly the ocean and starts to run ahead and everyone runs after him. Um, I couldn't hear the ocean here at all. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I, I just, it kind of reminds me of um, the novel where the kids see the velociraptors on the deck of the ship and I, I can't remember if it was Grant or Malcolm who says that kids just have sensory uh, tunity that we forgot we ever had, you know? Yeah, I do remember that. Because they end up having to use binoculars they find under the seat or something. Mm-hmm. And because I think Gennaro is saying the whole time, or Regis, what are, they, what are they looking at where they can't see anything? Even in the dimming night. So yeah, and it all... Eric's definitely a lot, lot younger than what Grant is. He's been on the island too for a while, so he's sort of maybe, um, well, not adapted, but his focus is hearing more on mm-hmm. nature. Yeah, I mean, definitely to survive alone, you know. Mm. Especially with the predators, you'd want to be able to get some sort of notice or warning that they're near. Mm-hmm. Not, not just smell. You want, you want sound as well. Um, but that's when we see him start to run into a very dark, grim-looking clearing with a bit of a sandy base there. And last time we were talking about whether it was the, the uh, beach or the uh, mountain range through the trees that Grant could see. Here, as you're saying, that um, the sand does protrude into the jungle a fair bit. 
on the ground and here we can see that sandy bottom as well or sandy ground and we start to get that light Jurassic theme <laughs> begin to play uh, as if everything's going to be alright but it's not <laughs> um, we suddenly get that big female raptor just sort of appear from the left and they stop dead in their tracks and that's where we sort of end the minute as the free the free males um, come in and surround the humans as well so all four raptors there and everyone's completely surrounded yeah. And you see the return of the one, uh, the broken striped male in mm. this uh, scene as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah, well, we're going to have a couple of minutes here with the raptors. Just how good this, these animatronics are. <laughs> oh, and not to mention the kind of almost like flawless uh, see, uh, the seamless transition between the animatronics and the uh, CGI models as well. Yeah, yep. Yep, I've got something to add on that when we get to the next minute. <laughs> Briefly looking at the script and novel comparisons in the script, um, we're going to have a little bit of a spell here because everyone's still sitting on that white beach. There's a lot of rains falling. Um, the script pretty much fast-forwards straight to the beach. So over in the novel... We get the same conversations between Erica Grant as we do in the film. Uh, Amanda and Paul seem to be coming closer together, and as they enter an area where the jungle thins out, Alan suddenly notices a shadow fall over the group. He tenses as several other shadows joined it, 30-foot uh, shadows. And that's when we get a flock of pteranodons drop down from the sky and are landing on the ground all around uh, Grant and the Kirbys. Eric noticed one of the uh, larger ones that seems to be the same one that carried him from the uh, bridge in the aviary up to the nest. So we don't get in the film, but here we get the return of the pteranodons, which I think is a better better return here than what we get in the uh, in the film with them just flying away from the island. But we sort of get a rehash here between the, uh, the novel and the script of uh, what they tried to do with The Lost World. It seems someone, one of the writers or production, really wanted to have these pteranodons attack a helicopter <laughs> <laughs> and, and chase people like we uh, tried to get in The Lost World. Yeah. But it, the big one sort of lunges at Eric here for a second time to try and uh, get him again, but Amanda leaps in front of him, and uh, Paul leaps on the animal's back and starts wrestling with it as they, uh, he's trying to keep the shark at the sharp beak away from his family. So this would have been something hard to do as well with uh, the animatronic, or maybe they would have just made a, an upper torso they could have Paul jump onto and swing around like a bucking bull. It would have been pretty comedic. <laughs> I reckon it'd probably lighten the lighten the scene up a little bit more than maybe the the, uh, the fear or tension they would have gone wanted to go for. Um, but uh, Paul's thrown to the ground, and as the uh, all the other Trinodons flap their wings, excited about the uh, the attack that's about to happen, they're going to try and eat Paul. But uh, that's when we get and uh, a not a fairly familiar sound pierce the air and. We get blurs of yelping, howling, and furious motion uh, racing in from every direction, and that's when we get the raptors also appear. So the, uh, they've escaped the spinosaur, they've escaped the raptors once, they've escaped the pteranodons once, but now we're going to have raptors and pteranodons <laughs> in a battle royale to see who's going to uh, get the humans. Um, the pteranodons shriek in rage as if they're meeting an enemy last encountered 65 million years ago, and we get the male and female raptor appear, and leap onto the back of the lead pteranodon. Three other pteranodons swoop in and grab the male raptor and try to start lifting it into the sky, but the uh, 
big trend on fights free and the Raptor just hits the ground. Uh, obviously too heavy for him to lift. And that's when Alan sort of yells this way and leads the group away from the uh, battling animals into a bit of a barren knoll. And Eric can see the blue water ahead and the edge of uh, Isla Sauna is in sight, but that's when the uh, Raptors catch up to him and circle him. So <laughs> a fair bit happens <laughs> in that little scene there that we don't get in the film yeah. that would have happened in this minute. You know, in retrospect, that makes the react uh, the. Uh, do you remember the react attack commercials, the uh, Just Park Three toy commercials with the uh, Tyrannodons fighting the fighting the Raptors? It's something I'm gonna have to Google <laughs> or YouTube. Oh, YouTube. The... Oh. Uh, you, you didn't get those. We probably did, but by the time Jurassic Park Three came out, I think I was um, last last year in high school and looking at work. So. Uh I was just saying because I think one of them shows a raptor, the raptors fighting the uh, Pteranodon toys, and suddenly that makes a lot more sense. Actually, I think through some uh, trying to dig in behind the scenes stuff for the film, I'm pretty sure some of it came up on Google Images. Because I, mm-hmm. yeah, I was wondering why we kept on getting <laughs> these toy shots, these uh, toys come up on the thing, or the box art anyway. Uncle's there. I've seen that photo recently. Maybe someone posted in the, one of the Facebook groups about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's one of the other things too. Like if, if this was an early script, or even even for the uh, novelisation, it would have been written long before things were changed as much as what we do in the film. And generally, toy production you're looking you're looking at about eighteen, sixteen to eighteen months leading time before release date when toys start to get designed and worked on. So. If this was one of the earlier script part, or if this was part of the earlier scripts, and uh, that's what the toy toy makers would have been going off. And we've seen it with the Lost World too, with some of the stuff that was dropped or some of the box art there that never ended up in the film. Mm-hmm. Ian's Ian's glider, for instance. Yeah, exactly. Which was a very very early re- um, revision of the Lost World script where they paraglided into the uh, into the village. Mm-hmm. Also on the back of the. Uh... Of uh, two of the uh, Jurassic Park Raptor toys, hmm. uh, I'm sorry, Jurassic Park Three Raptor toys. There is the Pteranodon card back had the Pteranodon attacking the Velociraptor, and then the Velociraptor card back had the Velociraptor attacking the Pteranodon. So yeah, that that makes much more sense. And the Alpha, the Alpha uh, Pteranodon, which was the male was seen attacking the Spinosaurus, which I think was also at one point considered in one of the scripts was Spinosaurus versus the uh, Pteranodon. I've just Googled I'm just Googling it. <laughs> it's on uh, dress, uh, jptoys.com. Oh, of course. You think got all the card backs and stuff. Yeah. Because one thing I've noticed, you can't, a lot of new stuff is just flooded Google. You can't, looking at a lot of the um, behind the scenes set image, like a lot of the, photos from Dan's JP free page and all that you have to mm-hmm. look, you have to go a fair way down or down the results to even find that stuff anymore yeah it's, well, it's, it's all changing even stuff like even that um, that Tim Mac construction Im- um, image we had um, from last week that I posted up on the Facebook group like I couldn't even find that in Google search when I specifically typed in Tim Mac construction just because it was released that long ago, it was so far down, it's no no longer relevant. Mm-hmm. 
All right, how about we get out of here for today? All right, sure. All right. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is jurassicminutes.wordpress.com and you can find the Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on earth or heaven could get me on that island. You're desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! It's the, it's the dinosaur there! Okay.